All right. And uh, here we are, episode, is it episode 25? 25. This is the silver anniversary, I think is yeah. what it's called. Yeah. Of our podcast. We, uh, we're actually back one week later, um, back by popular demand. We had our, uh, our most downloads uh, ever last week, and so we just thought we'd, uh, we'd keep it rolling, huh? Yeah, why take a couple weeks off if all of a sudden people want to listen to what we're talking about? So, you know. <laughs> well, I'd like to think it's not all of a sudden. I, I, I'd like to say it's been a gradual increase, but there was a bit of a spike last it week. So that's, yeah, yeah. It yeah. has been every few weeks. It spikes up. So let's, let's keep, keep spreading the word about the podcast, and uh, we'll keep doing them. Yeah. So I uh, thought we'd have some fun this week and uh, just start with uh, just some NBA playoff talk, huh? Yeah, a lot, of, have our, a lot of crazy stuff going on in the playoffs. Yeah, starting with uh, probably the least monumental monumental upset ever, which would be the Bulls taking a 2-0 lead over the Celtics. And the, as Bill Simmons termed it, the rondo uh the renaissance of Rajon Rondo. Uh, thoughts on that? Quick hits on that. Yeah. Uh, if you're a Mavericks fan, you hate seeing this because it shows you right there that when Rajon Rondo wants to be, he's a good player. He's a good teammate. I mean, you see, he's like leading the bolt right now. He's yeah. He's people yeah. up. He's talking out there. He's making plays. I mean, it's ridiculous to watch. And it's like he he looks great out there, and I I hate it because he was so awful when he was here. Yeah, I've never seen a player so dictated by his mood as him. Like yeah. there have been there have been moody players that are kind of consistently good or. Um, you know, like a, like a Rodman comes to mind or uh, some other players like Charles Oakley or whoever. But uh, Rondo, it seems as if he's powerless to his mood. If he's in a bad mood, he's terrible. If, <clears throat> for whatever reason, if the spotlight's on him sometimes, he just steps up, playoff Rondo has has showed up, and uh, it was funny because I emailed you the show notes the other day in the middle of game two. I had not even turned on the game, and I wrote in the show notes, uh, let's talk about the Bulls taking a 2-0 lead. <laughs> That's how confident I was. Yeah, I, I was reading that email as I was watching the game, and I was like... <laughs> I saw the third quarter. What's he talking about? This is then sure enough, they just kept pulling away. I was like, "Wow, this is this is ridiculous." Well, and I I think again, uh, I feel a little validated because I've consistently said through the year that I'm not really impressed with the Celtics. And the more I look at their drafting, I mean, it feels like they've had more than one dra- first rounder every year, um, and. They just haven't come away with many studs. I mean, everybody talks about Jay Crowder being amazing. He was our draft pick, and he's really not that great still, in my opinion. He's uh, he he doesn't impress me. I'm not saying he's bad, but he's not your second best player. He's definitely not your third best player. 
Maybe he's your fourth best player on the championship team. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, the the thought kind of crossed my mind looking at them. Like, if we still had Jay Crowder here, would we be excited about the future of the Mavericks? Like, hey, guys, we're good. We got Jay Crowder here. You know? Right. No no one would be saying that. We'd say, yeah, Jay Crowder's a nice player, just like Justin Anderson is a nice player, you know? And those guys are going to play in the NBA for a long time, but... Neither one of those guys is someone that we're sitting here thinking, yeah, all right, we can we can build on this. And, you know, the Celtics were right to keep Jay Crowder, just like we were right to keep Dwight Powell, but not in a this-is-a-building-block kind of guy. It's just this is a good NBA rotation player. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And I think it's all getting validated in these playoffs. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they're swept, honestly. Like, I, I just... Well, and when when Rondo's playing at that level, Jimmy Butler's been good all year. And then, and again, I mean, as a Mavericks fan, you you just have awful flashbacks. But, I mean, late in the game, if it's close, the fact that they have Jimmy Butler and, oh, by the way, here's Dwayne Wade, who can always step up in the playoffs. Yeah, playoff Wade's pretty clutch. Yeah, that's really tough if you're the Celtics and you've got Isaiah Thomas and... Not much else, because it's not like you're going to Al Horford late in the game to to do anything. Yeah, uh, keep in mind, too, with all sensitivities aside, it's a morning uh, Isaiah Thomas, too. Yeah, yeah. uh, And then you look back at their season, and you wonder, is this really a 500 team that just kind of got hot off Isaiah Thomas going off and won an extra 10 games because of it, you know? And so... And, you know, to that end, at the end of the year, and we talked about this last week, so many teams, I mean, when they they had 20, a lot of teams had 25 games left and were pretty much resigned to how bad a draft pick can we get. So, you know, and I I didn't look at the schedule to see how many of those games crossed with the Celtics schedule and what made a difference, but... I think a lot of teams' records are probably inflated by teams just not necessarily giving their best effort. I mean, I think put the Mavericks in that category where they kind of just played only one half of basketball late in the year. <laughs> yeah, that was that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and they still managed to. I don't think they moved up one spot. Uh, they did. They moved up just one, opposed to just probably one spot, yes the two or three they were hoping to, to take a leap. Well, yeah, was... because the other teams just did the same thing. You know, Sacramento, Sacramento's bad as it is, and they pulled their starters. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Unfortunate. Um, let's see. Let's go around the NBA. Other Mavs in the playoffs. Uh, where do you want to start? Uh, let's go. Let's see here. Who else is uh, still sticking around here in the playoffs? Does Jason, I mean, does Jason Terry count? <laughs> well, I was going to say, Milwaukee's really fun to watch. And their head coach, Jason Kidd, and yeah. probably uh, I'll just call him their assistant coach, Jason Terry, because Pretty he's much. not playing yeah. a whole lot. Um, yeah. I think they've done a great job. I think uh, that's been a fun series to watch so far. And I mean, I think Toronto's not bad, but Milwaukee—they look really well set up. I mean, in, in, a, in addition to Giannis, I mean, Chris Middleton's really good. Malcolm Brogdon, uh, the rookie out of Virginia, has looked good. Uh, Greg Monroe is still effective, even though 
I think maybe they've tried to offload him at different times. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know. There's, I, I, that's going to be a fun series, and and I, I think the, uh, I think the Bucks have a chance to pull it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the Bucks are establishing themselves as sort of the team of the future in the Eastern Conference because Giannis is a legitimate MVP candidate, and then um, you look at that team; they're so long. Jabari Parker isn't even playing, and he was the guy that was actually drafted high to be a cornerstone. Yeah. And they're they're winning with Giannis, uh, Son Son McCurr, and then uh, I think it's they're, just they're Maker. Even, I think it's just Maker. No, it's McCurr. It's Is McCurr, it? actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to listen okay. to uh, Zach. Zach Lowe did an interview with. Uh, <laughs> gosh, who was it? I think it was either Kevin Pelton or who's the other guy he always has on? Uh, Ethan Strauss, maybe? Oh, yeah. And uh, he did a big profile on him, and it turns out it's not Thon Maker, it's Thon McCurr. Oh, okay. So there you go. You learn something, you learn one thing every week on our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's our guarantee. That might have been it. And so... Yeah, I think uh I think they're looking really good as a team of the future. I mean, the fact that more of like their big name guys aren't even big names on that team, like a Greg Greg Monroe and a Jabari Parker shows you the depth they have. It's 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 a pretty well well built team, I think, that could you know, really grow together. So uh yeah, we'll see what's going on there. You've got Vince Carter in Memphis. Uh, Memphis has looked terrible so far in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, I, I, no, no surprise. Yeah, I mean, and you know, it feels really good right now to not be in the playoffs. When you look at Memphis and you're like, gosh, they're seven and they're getting waxed on the floor, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, same for uh, Portland and former Mavs assistant Terry Stott. I mean, last night Durant didn't even play, and they lost by thirty. Oh, that was embarrassing. And, and in so, game one, you know, their top two guys combined for eighty points, and they still lost, kind of going oh, away. Gosh, it was. I really wish. I really hope Nurkic comes back, and and you know, we get to at least see how effective uh, they can be. Um, because they were, I think they had the second best record in the conference the second half of the year when they had Nurkic. So I think they were 18 and eight. Yeah. So the only team that was better was Golden State. So I think um, it would still be an enjoyable matchup to see. Um, in terms of former Mavs, I think that's, that's really it. We already talked about Crowder. He's He hasn't impressed. I, I don't, wouldn't say he hasn't disappointed. He just, he's not taken a leap. I feel like he is what he is. And, He's a he's a great player, but I don't know. Like I said, fourth fifth starter at best, so nothing really to say there. Well, and when you look at the Celtics, I mean, not to to just talk about the Celtics. I mean, I know we're hitting on former Mavs, but they're they're a team that they've got to make a decision on Isaiah Thomas sometime soon, and they've they've got you know the best odds at maybe getting the number one pick in this upcoming draft. So it's really going to be interesting to see what they do coming up because here's a one seed in the East and they could look drastically different next season. Yeah. I think it's all uh, prediction wise. I would, I would all but guarantee if they get a top two pick, 
<clears throat> they will uh, trade Isaiah Thomas this year and just uh, just try to see what they can get for him. Because if you've got Markel Poults or Lonzo Ball, he, he, you can't deal with the gimmicky Isaiah Thomas just needing the ball all the time. You know, there's your chance to actually build a, a real team with, like, you know, Isaiah Thomas can't play defense. You just can't. You can't have that out of out of your point guard right now, and then pay him like twenty two million a year or whatever the max would be. It, it just doesn't. No, matter. it's going to be more like thirty million. Oh, there's for no Isaiah way. Thomas. Like just no, to, like, no team gives him that. League. Yeah, no yeah. team. Right. So, um, so yeah, there's your former Mavs, and uh, I guess for the rest of the pod, I, I wanted to open up the mailbag. We haven't really had a chance to do this. But, um, you know, we do get sporadic uh, messages over Twitter and Gmail. And so I thought the best thing to do was to just, instead of saying the full email address, you know, or the Twitter handle, I would just, yeah, I would just give like the Twitter handle or email name and that way, you know, protect privacy or whatever. Sure. So, uh, first question from, uh, Riptid, Riptide, Riptide 44. What is your opinion of Greg Buckner this year? I thought he was a great upgrade over Eduardo Nahara. Nahara. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Great question for a Mavs fan. That's a great question. That is a great question. And, uh, I would say that, uh, an empty chair was an upgrade over Eduardo Nahara. Slow down, slow and down. And I love okay. Eduardo Nahara as a player. He was not, he was not great with the uh, analysis. I felt like he is. Uh, he's very near and dear to my heart. I uh, he sat down next to me at Dream Cafe about a year ago, and uh, <laughs> he, I ended up talking to him, and we had a great breakfast together. It's, it's one of my best uh, best stories of, of meeting any Maverick, and uh, he is the nicest like athlete I've ever met. He's just so nice. Like it hurts me to criticize him in any way, but <laughs> let's just say, let's just say, he was not. It, it just wasn't a good fit, and like you really see it this year because. Greg Buckner is like he is so smooth up there. I would yeah. I would put him ahead of again former Maverick great uh, Derek Harper because even Derek Harper sometimes as a as a color commentator next to Followell I'm just kind of he stumbles over his words and he says things that just are irrelevant sometimes and so. I don't know. I I wouldn't mind finding another. I know they're not going to get rid of Harper, but. Greg Buckner is made for this job. He is just laid back, smooth, and he just says all the right things. I, I can't say enough good things about uh, Greg Buckner. Yeah, no, I, I think Buckner's done a great job in that in that role, and, and kind of, you know, he 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 obviously knows the game. He was in the league a long time. He was never like a superstar, but um, yeah, he just does a good job of kind of breaking things down. And and I agree, you know, Harp. Harper has his moments. He's not like, I don't know if you ever listened to the radio broadcast and Brad Davis on the radio with Chuck Cooperstein, but Brad I love Davis Chuck is, Cooperstein. Yeah. I never hear Brad Davis. Yeah. He's real, real captain obvious there. I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of brutal. Like Harper, 
Harper gives you a little bit more than uh, than what Brad Davis gives you on the radio broadcast. So if there's a if there's a silver lining there, but yeah, I would agree. Right. Uh, Buckner, big upgrade over Nahara. All right, Nahara so good question, Riptide. Um, we will move on to the next one. Uh, cheese grits all day. Uh, asks, what happened to that seven foot Indian guy? Any chance he takes a roster spot next year? I believe they're uh, referring to, is it Sat- Satnam Singh? Satnam, Satnam Singh, yes. Satnam Singh. Singh. Yeah. yeah. I uh, saw a quick cool. little profile on him, and he uh, he's lost a lot of weight this year, mm-hmm. and he's determined to make the NBA. So uh, I think, though, uh, well, what, what's your quick take? Well, I, it's funny. I went out to the Dr. Pepper Arena uh, where the Frisco Legends play last year. I wasn't watching nice. the Legends, but I went out there, and there is a huge cardboard cutout when you walk in of uh, of Satnam Singh. And I think what? it's life-size. <laughs> yeah, it is gigantic. So when you walk in the arena, you get, yeah, you get the big cutout of Satnam Singh. Um, so I looked up his stats from his time there in Frisco, and – He's played in 27 games over the last few okay. years, and okay. he's averaging 1.6 points and 1.4 rebounds per game. Mm, man. <laughs> and, I mean, he's big. There's no doubt about that. I mean, the life-size cutout, I mean, it is – he's gigantic, but those are so not that would numbers. Give him a, that would give him a PER of roughly, what, three? <laughs> I think uh, that's not taking into account any of the bad stuff. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. You know, yeah, I it, uh, just—I mean, at best, that's a zero, maybe per. Um, let's let's call it a zero. But uh, he's a big body. Well, but I mean, look at Salah Mejri and and what he's done. I, yeah, I think Salah is light years ahead of Tottenham Singh right now. Well, um, not to continually reference my one encounter with a former Maverick, but uh, I did ask Eduardo Nahara about this last year. <laughs> and he said to me, he said, uh, the guy was too top-heavy. He says his knees, his, his knees won't hold up because uh, he's too top-heavy to play. Mm-hmm. And so he, he didn't feel good about him long-term because of that fact. And I, I thought that was an interesting kind of player observation. And uh, he did slip into that he thought we drafted him just to get DeAndre. <laughs> he did state that. So uh, that's, that's awesome! Wow, that's uh, that's insight. disappointing as well. Yeah. So that's uh, that was over two that year for sure. <laughs> but um, so yeah, it doesn't look like Singh is going to be taking a roster spot next year. To answer your question, um, Mister or Mrs. All Day for cheese grits all day. All right. So let's move on to the next question. Okay. Win Gwen 82. Would you trade Barnes, Seth Curry, and your first rounder this year for Anthony Davis? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> no questions asked. Yeah. Any trade where we get Anthony Davis back, I think is a a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree. And then, uh, but it did it did uh make me think about the sort of reverse idea, like I think everyone had stated with the DeMarcus 
Cousins trade, oh, they could just trade him next deadline if it doesn't work out. But what if they could re-sign him and trade the other guy for even more? And uh, it's not – would I do it? No. Would Del Demps do it? Maybe. And um, it, I just don't think it's the worst idea because you think about – let's see, Harrison Barnes, DeMarcus Cousins, Seth Curry, and let's say De'Aaron Fox. It's a pretty good lineup right there. Well, but are you – then the question becomes really is who is a franchise guy? Like is DeMarcus Cousins a franchise guy, which in Sacramento it seemed like he's not because even though he put up numbers, they were awful every year he was there. And then he comes to New Orleans and they never quite figured it out. They had a short time frame there. So we'll see if that, you know, what they decide there. But that, that would be the question is if, Anthony Davis, and I think Anthony Davis is undoubtedly the franchise guy. I mean, he got New Orleans to the playoffs, what was it, uh, two years ago? Yeah. Um, when, you know, kind of ahead of schedule, and, I mean, he's just so dominant. Where And DeMarcus Cousins will put up numbers, but I just don't think he's the guy that you want to build around. So, now, would Dell Demps do it? I agree with your assessment, maybe, because that's a really poorly run franchise, but... I think uh I don't think they should. <laughs> but I would as a Mavs fan I would I would love that if we could somehow finagle Anthony Davis here. Right. I mean I think we would uh then have to cobble together our roster, but he's he's close to what, top two, three player in the league right now that you would want, just age skill wise, you know. So uh, I think him and Giannis are probably the the top two young guys, right? Uh, I would say so, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's interesting to think about because that would definitely be three starters. And, uh, yeah, that I think that would be interesting. I don't think you'd yeah. win a championship in New Orleans, but it that'd be a pretty good team, you know? So. It's, no, it's a pretty solid team in New Orleans, but I don't think it's a championship team. And then as far as the Mavericks go, it kind of resets your rebuild to some degree because you don't have a draft pick this year. Obviously, you lose Barnes, but I think you're definitely set up. I mean, people would want to come here from a free agency standpoint. I think without Yeah, because then, then you're looking at a lineup of Anthony Davis, uh, Nerland's Noel, Wesley Matthews, maybe a Dorian Finney-Smith, and then uh, I don't know. You got to put Dirk somewhere, maybe off the bench, yeah. I guess. Well, anyway, Nerland comes off the bench. Yeah. Anyways, great question. It's not going to happen, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on there, and then uh, let's see here. Our next question. Oh, no. Okay, here we go. Let's see. From Frito Burrito 98. If the Mavs just decided to rebuild through the draft after their championship season, how would this team look different today? I don't think this is a bad question because so many times we, we kind of, I think it's universal, we just bag on them for going after free agents, right? Right. And trading away draft picks. 
So what I did, I looked up all the picks that they would have had, right? So I, I, I didn't want to go best player available because that can be a little too pie in the sky because it's still, you know, hindsight is way too 2020, way too much 2020 for a draft. Right. So I just broke down each, each year. And so like in 2012, we had our two picks and we took Jared Cunningham and Jay Crowder. Okay. Right. Now that year, uh, Harrison Barnes was the seventh pick in the draft. And so we ended up with Barnes out of that draft. Not bad. Uh, 2013, we had pick 13 and we would have picked Giannis, which we later found out. Um, we kept trading back and got, uh, Shane Larkin. Uh, but we ended up with the fifth pick in that draft, Nerland's Noel. Uh, the next year, I think we traded that pick for Lamar Odom. That pick turned out being Mitch McGarry at 21. Okay. And uh, we ended up with the 45th pick, Dwight Powell, which I don't think Mitch McGarry is in the league anymore. So we actually came uh, out ahead. I think, I think he uh, – yeah, I don't know who he's I think, with. I think he last- got cut. By OKC. By OKC, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. never, he's never really done anything in the league, that's for sure. Yeah. And then the next year, 2015, we got Justin Anderson and Satnam Singh, which we just talked about. So, but then we flipped Anderson for Noel, so that kind of worked out. And Justin Anderson was a good pick at the time. And then last year, through the Rondo trade, uh, the Celtics took Gershon Yabasule with the 16th pick. And so, and that's a little—that's a little deceptive there because the Celtics at that point, their roster—they've been drafting so much over the last few years that I, they were specifically targeting, I think, a, a stash guy. Like so, the Mavericks the, may have taken somebody different there. Yeah, and apparently he is the Euro uh, Draymond Green. So we'll see. Maybe that guy okay. comes back to haunt us. But, uh, so really, when you look back at the last five drafts, you could argue that we traded Giannis and Jay Crowder for Noel and Barnes. Yeah, as far as useful, as far as useful NBA guys. Yeah, that's probably the the trade right there. Which is, I guess, a losing trade because I would say, like, right now, if we're judging that, that's a losing trade because of Giannis. Yes. But on the flip side, it's, I think sometimes the general fan perspective is we totally whiffed versus getting Giannis, where really, if you look at, we, we kind of saved a lot of faith in getting two pieces to build around with Barnes and Noel and Powell even a little bit. Well, and we have a pick this year, so... Exactly. If you think about if we have Giannis, we're probably a little better, and so we have a slightly worse pick this year. And this year, you know, after this draft, you're going to come out with, okay, Barnes, you probably re-sign Noel, and then you've got one more guy. Like, let's say it's a De'Aaron Fox, or if we end up at the top three, and it's a Fultz ball or or Jackson. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive to end up in that spot, I think. Right. And then I wonder if the uh if it becomes more of a wash where you know 
you look at Giannis and Crowder, or would you like, you know, Barnes, Noel, and uh, let's say Josh Jackson or something? You know, that uh, that becomes you know, it just doesn't look as bad. I, I guess overall, I think it's a good question, and I think it really. Uh, I think the Mavs kind of look better through evaluating it. You know, they they really they they definitely made moves they regret in the Lamar Odom Rajon Rondo trade, but they've uh, they've recovered quite well. So. Yeah, and I think uh, you know what I hear a lot sometimes talking to Mavs fans is, oh, we we could have drafted Jimmy Butler, or we could have drafted Draymond Green, or we could have drafted this guy, we could have drafted that guy, and and that's true. And there's a ton of good players that go in the second round every year you know there's guys that come out of the second round and so i don't like the argument that if we had simply drafted every future all-star in the second round like if we went perfect on our draft picks we would have this all-star team right now because one i think that's a little bit far-fetched for for someone to kind of bat a thousand up in the exact same way when when you put them in uh, put him in a different situation. You know, I think I think Draymond is in the perfect situation at Golden State. Not that he wouldn't be an effective NBA player anywhere, but I think he was able to thrive, you know, in, in that environment there. So, and yeah. that's just one example. You could do it with a, a lot of those other guys who have come out of the second round and and done well. No, I totally I totally agree. Like even just talking about that point guard for Milwaukee, Malcolm Brogdon, wasn't he a second rounder? Uh, I think he was a first round pick. Really? I think he was he was a good college player. I think he was like ACC player of the year or something. He was a Virginia guy like Justin Anderson. My computer's working slow. <laughs> I'm convinced he's not. <laughs> good. But good pod. Good pod right here. <laughs> just dead silence. Dead silence. Um, As we're looking at the draft status of Malcolm Brogdon. Um, let's see here. Oh, he was a second round pick, pick number thirty six. I apologize. Yeah, there you go. All right. Okay. Wow. Okay. Phone. Wow. And, and maybe he's going to and he's gonna probably be rookie of the year. Yeah, him or uh Sarich, right? Probably, yeah, there's really no one else, so Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, kind of by default, but still. Well, I think that about wraps it up <laughs> for this All week. Right. Um, I think we'll just get back next week, talk about playoffs, and uh, maybe open up the mailbag a little more. So uh, keep those questions coming in. Um, let's see here. We are at the Maps Podcast on Twitter. Yep. And we are uh, at my. What is it? Mavspodcast at gmail.com. That's right. And then uh, I'm Al Sithome. You're Matt Sithome. And this is the Mavs Podcast. I'll talk to you next week. All right. See you then. All right. Take care. Bye.